This is episode 244 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life. Today's articles are Real-World Survival Skills, Avoid the I Can't Crutch, Survival Uses for Junk Food, and Start Planning and Prepping Your Garden Now for a Successful Garden This Summer. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, before we get started, you can make sure that you get the Prepper Website Podcast delivered to your preferred device without fail. We make it very easy for you to subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or any other favorite podcast network. And if you do feel you are receiving value from this podcast, we do appreciate your kind reviews. Hey, I want to mention a comment. Uh, Brian commented on an episode back, uh, or 239, and that was entitled Doc Backups, Scavenging, and SHTF. And uh, he, he left this comment that I think is kind of helpful, and so I wanted to pass it along to you. I have made several backups of important docs. I have one in our fireproof safe in case the house burns down. I also keep a copy in our bobs in case a disaster strikes and we need them later to prove identity, possessions, marriage, etc. To speed up the process, I used a scanner app on my phone to quickly compile PDF copies of all the docs. The other tip I want to pass on is that I keep all the files on a scan disk cruiser glide memory stick. I chose them specifically because they have a built-in encryption device that lets me save them all to secure files. Even if I lost the memory stick and someone found it, the critical information is still secure. All right. Hey, Brian, thanks so much for sharing that information. And uh, always, always important to do that and have different backups. Uh, Some people would say even having uh, a a paper copy. Now, so if you have the, the digital copies, it's easier I guess it's easy to run them off of a printer and then you can go ahead and make a, a hard paper copy of that and then maybe even give that to a relative if you feel comfortable with them uh, keeping that and that way they have a, a hard paper copy just in case uh, you know something else uh, other than uh, you know the digital copies are, are needed. And so, uh, again, thanks so much for leaving that comment, Brian, and helping us out. I know that he left that uh, information in the Facebook group as well. And so uh, there's been some comments over there. So you can go check that out if you are part of the Facebook group. Hey, uh, normally I don't do three articles in in a given podcast episode because usually they would be uh, pretty long. About two articles usually puts me around 30, uh, a little bit over 30 minutes. Uh, but these articles that are the first two that I'm reading are, are kind of smaller articles or shorter articles, I should say. And uh, so they're not going to be as long to read, but there are it's good information. And so I wanted to include them, but I thought I would include uh, another shorter article as well. And so our first article comes to us from survivalweekly.com. And uh, again, the article is entitled Real World Survival Skills Avoid the I Can't Crutch. And so uh, let's go ahead and read this one. This is the first in a planned series of blog posts. The intent is to highlight skills that everyone truly needs in order to be successful. These are strengths and abilities that should be practiced and honed regularly. The true survivalist knows that real preparedness includes day-to-day living just as much as it does planning for events that may never happen. The skills discussed in in this series are those that are great to have even if disaster never strikes. 
I can't. How many times have you said that, either out loud or inside your head, when confronted with something we know we should do, something that would be beneficial to us and our families, we often find reasons not to do it. And that's the problem right there. We look for reasons not to do it. Whether we're talking about saving money, losing weight, finding a new or better job, or taking a class, if it will potentially take us out of our comfort zone or cause inconvenience, we will search far and wide for excuses not to do it. I can't save money because my job doesn't pay me enough. I can't lose weight because convenience foods are cheaper. I can't find a new job because all the job ads specifically specify levels of training and education I don't have and I can't afford to go back to school right now. Round and round and round it goes, right? A seemingly never-ending cycle. It is so easy to just give up and give in to I can't. We all can do it. And simply put, it, it needs to stop. There are always options to explore. There aren't always easy They aren't always fun, but worthwhile endeavors are rarely simple. Many secondary schools offer classes online, and there are tons of free ones out there, such as through Corsica and EdX. While some courses might not provide actual college credit, they are still perfectly acceptable on a resume, and they might give you a leg up on the competition. If nothing else, the skills and knowledge you learn may benefit you in your current job, allowing for a raise or promotion. Eating properly is a very important part of any weight loss plan, and unfortunately many of the healthier food options are more expensive than the boxed or microwavable foods. All is not lost though. Perhaps you can grow some of your own veggies and fruit this spring and summer. If you don't have the yard space, Look into area community gardens, or maybe you could barter with neighbors who garden and create a win-win such as your teenager cleans their gutters once a week and they provide you with some fresh garden produce as it is harvested. Learn how to cook from scratch too. This is something you can do for free using online resources like YouTube. Scratch cooking is usually far healthier than buying convenience foods. You can control the amount of sodium and whatnot too. Buying ingredients is often cheaper than buying the finished product. Plus, you know, the whole self-reliance aspect of cooking for yourself and your family. Sometimes it's as simple as asking your boss, Hey, what would it take for me to get a raise? Perhaps there's a higher paying position opening up and you'd be a great fit. Or maybe they will pay for you to go back to school part-time for coursework that's related to your job. It rarely ever hurts to ask the question and you just might be surprised. All of these are merely examples. I'm quite certain there is someone out there who will read all of these and say, well, none of that applies to me. There is no one-size-fit-all solution to all the possible problems any person can face. The idea here is to change the thought process. Instead of looking for reasons you can't do something, look for ways you can do it. This applies across the board to all areas of life. If you aren't physically capable of doing something, perhaps there is a tool or a gadget that can provide assistance. If you don't have the funds to accomplish a goal, perhaps you can find a part-time job that provides the money. In my area, there are always ads looking for newspaper delivery people. The pay isn't stupendous, but the work is in the early morning hours, which can be ideal for some people. I'm not saying every single situation has a workable solution. I'm a realist and know that sometimes you are just well and truly screwed. 
But before you throw in the towel, be darn sure you've explored every possible option and solution. Think outside the box and get creative. Avoid using the I can't crutch. So I think this is a skill that is going to be very important if, let's just say, the poop ever hits the fan. Because one of the things that we're going to have to do is be be very, very resourceful. We're going to have to be resourceful. You're not going to have time to sit around and, and veg out and, and talk on a or talk on the phone or watch TV or, or be on the Internet because you might not have all those things. You're going to have to be resourceful. You're going to have to work hard. And the people that don't are probably not going to do very well in a survival situation. And so that's one of the reasons why you want to kind of build this attitude in. It's like, you know what? I can do it. I can, I, I can find a way. And one of the things that I have learned is that, and in, in, in this comes from the education side of, of uh, what I do as well, is the more experience you get in a certain area, the more thoughts and ideas open up to you. And so let me give you a, a kind of a strange idea or, or an example, I guess. One of the strategies that I would tell students when they were taking tests, if they got stuck, was to go ahead and move on to the next question and you know just circle that answer that question and come back to it a little bit later on because what winds up happening is you start focusing on a problem so much that you can't you, you just you get so tunnel focused on it but when you move on to other questions sometimes uh, doing another question or even reading something in a you know reading another problem or working another uh, math problem or whatever it might be might jog your memory or you might read something that triggers something uh, for that question that you just read. So you go back up there and you're able to finally do it and you're able to do it with ease. It's just that that first time you were trying to think of it, you just couldn't do it. And so sometimes the more that we uh, look at problems and the more that we try and we, we put forth effort, the more ideas that come to us and the more we understand and the, the, the ability to uh, be able to problem solve in our situation. And so one, one thing can lead to another that can lead to another and, and, and you can bring in ideas and understandings from other areas of life. So this article is good in that regards because you're getting out there and you are trying all the things that you possibly can and not just, I can't do that, I can't do that. Because if we ever are really truly in a survival situation, you're going to need to be resourceful. You're going to need to find ways of doing things and not just so easily give up. Because if you give up, then that's that's not good. You're, 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 you're basically saying, I, I, I don't want to live any longer in a survival situation if you give up. Give up. And uh, that's not where you want to be. I mean, if, if, if that was you, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. You wouldn't be looking at preparedness articles and reading preparedness articles. It wouldn't be something that interests you. Uh, just the fact that you're listening and you are reading and you are uh, more interested in preparedness is, is uh, a testament to the fact that you do want to survive and thrive in, a, in any situation that you find yourself, whether it's SHTF or whether it's just you and you, uh, you have a flat tired tomorrow morning uh, when you when you get going you know or later on down the road that you're able to take care of all of that and uh, and move forward with that so again good article over there go check it out at survivalweekly.com again that was real world survival skills avoid the i can't crutch all right our next article comes to us from apartmentprepper.com 
And this article, some of y'all might just uh, flat out not agree with it. Uh, survival uses for junk food. And uh, to tell you the truth, I can't remember a time where I really talked about junk food or uh, posted articles about junk food on Prepper website. Uh, you know, there are articles about, you know, having comfort food and, and having, you know, maybe some hard candy when the poop hits the fan for the kids and things like that. But uh, a lot of the time, you know, people usually in preparedness are thinking a little bit more healthy. They're thinking organic. And so really uh, junk food and Twinkies and those kinds of things never really come up to it. Although uh, probably a lot of preppers out there do eat them and probably wouldn't ever say that online. But uh, the, the fact is that you don't read a lot of articles on it. And so uh, let's go ahead and get into this one again from apartmentprepper.com. And the, the title is Survival Uses for Junk Food. Junk food is much maligned when it comes to nutrition. Too much sugar, salt, high in calories, and low in nutrients, etc. But if you consume it in moderation, it can be both satisfying and comforting. I've seen emergency food lists that only include staples such as beans and rice, canned meats and vegetables. There's nothing wrong with these bare bones lists. However, it can get boring very quickly. That's why I also recommend including spices, fats, and oils as well as liquor. So should you include junk food in your survival stockpile? Before we come up with a final answer, let's take a closer look. Survival uses for junk food. Maybe as an energy source. The high sugar content of many foods considered junk, such as Twinkies, Hostess pies, candy, and chocolate, is a quick source of energy. In an emergency situation, you may need extra energy to do tasks you normally are not used to doing in everyday life, such as walking long distances or collect wood for a campfire. That's where the extra sugar may be helpful. Of course, if you are diabetic or have some kind of intolerance, you would have to use other sources of energy. I know some people are probably going to have problems with that one right there, saying that the energy that you get from something like Twinkies or Hostess pies or candy is very, very short-lived. So when you're talking about you know, long distance, you, you want uh, good, healthy food. Um, but uh, there's a lot of other reasons here that I think are, are uh, a little bit more uh, valuable for us when we're talking about survival uses for junk food. So the next one is psychological boost. In a stressful situation, you need all the comfort you can get. Certain types of junk food may provide just that. During my first hurricane experience, I had a craving for Kraft cheese spread and crackers. There was no dairy available for several days when the trucks were unable to get through. Since then, I've kept boxes of crackers and a few jars of Kraft Old English spread. Some people reach for chocolate as a comfort food. Others may prefer salty snacks such as potato chips or Doritos. can help start a fire. I saw an episode of Survivor Man when he used corn chips as tender. The oils in the chip make it flammable. I tried it myself to see if it really works. Using a match, I set fire to a corn chip. Sure enough, it caught fire very quickly. Potato chips burn well too. To start a campfire, place the burning corn chip in a small tinder bundle of dry leaves and branches. Use as fish bait. If you have nothing else, some junk foods can be used as bait. Gummy bears and chocolate is said to make an effective fish bait, according to this article. And as an incentive or reward. You can also use junk food as a reward for getting something done, especially if you have kids. In a tough situation, such as an emergency, a small reward would be something to look forward to and is an encouragement to keep going. 
To answer the initial question, should you include junk food in your survival stockpile? The answer is definitely yes. In a future article, we'll look at the best way to store various types of junk food. What snacks do you consider comfort food? Please share them in the comments. All right, so like I said, very short article. Um, but uh, you know, those of us who aren't all completely organic and grow our own food and all of that, um, you know, we sneak we sneak some of these junk foods every once in a while. Now, for me, it's been a very, very long time since I've eaten a Twinkie or, uh, you know, a Hostess <laughs> cupcake. Uh, but, you know, you can't deny the fact that they do taste good. I mean, some of you are going to like, you know, yuck, Todd, we don't eat that junk. But uh, they do taste good. And uh, so you can you can understand that when you are in a survival situation, when you've just been you've been eating all the survival food that you have, rice and beans and you have canned goods and and maybe you've gone through all the good canned stuff and maybe you're just eating the stuff that you know oh my gosh i can't believe i i can't take another bite of that right then having you know can you imagine being there and then eating a twinkie i mean how many people would would pass on that right uh not not too many people that i know of and so uh there are definitely some uses there for it I wouldn't really use all the all the other categories that we use. So helping to start a fire, using as fish bait or incentive or reward. Uh, I, I think well, I, I think the the two that are the most important are the psychological boost and the incentive or reward. Because you might have some younger kids, maybe some teenage kids that might need a little bit of an incentive or reward to to you know to get some things done or whatever. Um, you know, I can I could kind of see that, but I think the biggest bang for your buck would be the psychological boost and just having something that you can uh, that that's just not the normal everyday stuff that you've been eating uh, to, to be able to link back to maybe uh, you know some memories and some thoughts that you had and just eat something that's just a, a you know different and taste and tastes good. Uh, so I definitely don't recommend that you eat these on a regular basis. But, uh, and, you know, I, I do think that there might possibly be some uses for it in a survival situation. So I'd be interested in seeing what uh, Bernie is going to be talking about as far as uh, ways to store this long term. Uh, you know, somebody said that Twinkies could be you can store them long term and you wouldn't even know it, you know, 25 years down the road. And uh, they're still going to be spongy and creamy and stuff like that on the inside. So I don't know if that's just, uh, you know, a bunch of, you know, hogwash that, that I've read and heard and people have said in the, in the past. But, uh, you know, there you go. That might be the ultimate food storage there for you, <laughs> Twinkies. All right. So anyway, that's over at apartmentprepper.com. And again, the title is Survival Uses for Junk Food. All right, so let's go ahead and go to our last article. It's from Living Life in Rural Iowa. And the article is start planning and prepping your garden now for a successful garden this summer. And so I know that uh, we're still in uh, officially in, in winter time. But for many people, you can very easily start preparing for this. In fact, in the Houston area, I don't know, I think we might be completely done with, uh, with our freezes. Uh, I mean, it's still a little early in February. But uh, the weather has been really, really warm, and uh, so it sucks. I mean, it's dealing. Everybody's dealing with it with sinuses, and of course, on top of that, you have a lot of flu and you have a lot of other junk going on. But uh, yeah, I've been stuffy. And I have sinus pressure, and, and just uh, the the weather is just it's uh, you know it doesn't stay consistent. Definitely doesn't stay consistent. But anyway, I think this article is uh, is an important one because especially if you are, I, I think all the good gardeners do this. Uh, they, they do this automatically. But if you're just starting out 
And, uh, you know, I know there's a lot of new preppers to the podcast. You might be thinking about doing a garden and you just might be just kind of, okay, I, I need a little of this, need a little of that. But there is some benefit uh, to planning it out. And so hopefully this article will be very beneficial to you. So again, this is uh, coming from livinglifeinruralioua.com. And the article is entitled, Start Planning and Prepping Your Garden Now for a Successful Garden This Summer. So let's go ahead and start reading this one. Gardening is a wondrous thing. You just go to the gardening center and buy whatever looks good. You put seed in the ground and plant some plants. Voila. You have growing things and eventually some produce to eat. Gardening just seems that easy, doesn't it? Reality check. You spent all that money on seeds and plants. You watered. But your garden isn't growing very well. Some of your plants have died. Whole rows of seeds didn't come up. Rabbits ate your tomato plants. And your garden is starting to look like a disaster. Most people have this idea that you can just stick some plants and seeds in the ground and you have a garden. I read about a lot of people who plan to garden after some disaster but never have gardened before in their life. I read about how they used to garden when their grandma, with their grandma 30 to 40 years ago and they think they still remember how to do it. Most people do not understand that gardening is more than planting. You need to start planning and prepping your garden now if you want a successful garden later on. You can do things now that will ensure success this summer and will yield a better producing garden for years to come. How do you start planning and prepping your garden now? There is still snow on the ground and winter is still here. Trust me, there is a lot you can do now. Number one, what planning zone do you live in? You need to figure that out. That will make a difference in when you start plants, when you can put certain plants in the ground and what you can plant. Not all planting zones are equal. Some plants do great in zones 7 through 9, but won't even work in zones 3 through 5 without a greenhouse and a lot of coddling. You may be able to start planting some cooler crops in April in zone 5, but wouldn't even consider it in zone 3. Check out your planting zone here. Number 2. What do you want to plant? Look at what you eat. You might want to try all these cool vegetables you find in the gardening centers. However, if you or your family won't eat them, then you just wasted time, space, and money. Do you eat a lot of salads? Plant lettuce mixes, spinach, radishes, cherry tomatoes, etc. Do you use pizza sauce, pasta sauce, and salsa? Plant tomatoes, peppers, oregano, onions, etc. Look at what you eat. However, don't be afraid to try two to three new things just to see what they are like. Just don't go crazy and plant several rows. A couple of plants each will do just fine for experimentation. Number three, when should those plants and seeds go into the ground? Make a schedule of when you should be starting plants in the house and when plants and seeds should be planted outside. If you don't want to start your own plants, that is fine. It is a skill you should learn but can be intimidating for a beginning gardener. However, make a plan for when you should be planting in your garden. Find out when your frost date is for your planting zone and make a plan from there. Some plants can handle being nipped by the frost, but a lot of pl plants cannot. Number four, plan out your garden on paper. You know what you want to plant. Now, how do you want to plant them? I would recommend getting a book called Carrots Love Tomatoes, The Secrets of Companion Planting for Successful Gardening. Some plants should not be planted beside other plants because they will not grow well together. You also need to research how much room your plants need to grow. 
Sometimes you can plant closer together, but squash, pumpkin, and cucumber plants will need room to spread out. Number five, are you considering edible perennials? Strawberries, blueberries, raspberries, asparagus, and more are great additions to any garden. You might want to consider planting these outside of the garden, but definitely include them in your gardening plans. Any plant that can produce year after year with some minimal maintenance is a great idea. Number six, do you currently have a garden? If you currently have a garden, you need to add to your soil. Compost, manure, used bedding, and peat moss will help get your soil into a growing state of mind. If you are not sure what your soil needs, take sample dirt to your local extension office to get it tested. Most soils will need some kind of fertilizer, where, whether it's organic or non-organic. You can add compost or manure to your garden now by just laying it on top. You can always till it in when the ground thaws. Number seven, do you need to dig a garden bed? Are you considering raised beds? If you are starting a new garden or building raised beds, map out where you are putting them in your yard. Do some research on your soil and what you may need to add to it. If you are starting raised beds, you will need good black soil, compost or manure, and maybe a little sand to keep the soil from compacting. Make sure your new beds are big enough for what you want to plant or you may need to amend your planting plans. Number eight, do you need a tiller or do you need to find one to rent or borrow? I firmly believe in tilling the garden every spring to loosen up the dirt and break up the first weeds trying to grow. I have heavy black clay soil, so it needs to be broken up every year. If you don't have a tiller, you need to find one to use. A lot of rental centers have them available for a couple of hours or half days. However, you might be able to find someone to till your garden for you, which is great. They might want some compensation, but would be cheaper than buying or renting one. So really quick on that one, uh, some people would disagree with tilling um, because when you do that, you are disturbing all the microorganisms in your soil. So uh, some people, when they talk about you know their gardening beds or their soil, they just keep adding to it and uh, instead of uh, instead of tilling it. So, uh, but you know you got to decide what you want to do there. All right, number nine. How do you plan to manage weeds in your garden? You do this in a few ways. You can weed the garden yourself, which can be great therapy. You can lay mulch down, but research what plants like to have mulch. You can lay plastic or cardboard down between the rows to block out weeds. Figure out what works for you and how much time you have on your hand to weed the garden. And number 10, how do you want to water the garden? As much as it would be nice to have a gentle rain soak the garden a few times a week all summer, that is not going to happen. Last year, we had one wet month followed by one and a half very dry months. We ran hoses and sprinklers to the garden to water. You need to have a plan for watering the garden. How will you do it? Do you have an outside water source or will you be hauling buckets of water? Can you add an outside water source, a faucet, rain barrels, etc.? Some people use a drip system or soaker hoses to water their garden, and which would be worth looking into. This covers the basics of gardening and getting your garden started. The goal of gardening is to produce vegetables and fruit. For someone who has been gardening for a while and learned the hard way more than once, you will have success and failures. Your first year garden may not be the best garden, but there are things you can do to ensure good results. Thanks for reading, Erica. So two things here. The first thing that I'm going to say is you might, so when you're starting your garden plans, you might want to go ahead and keep a journal. 
And, uh, you know, not one of those daily journals or nothing, but a journal of what you've done and what seemed to have worked and just start jotting those things down. Maybe what, what, uh, uh, you know, what plants you put where, you know, in your garden and then, you know, what kind of results you had. Uh, if there was any bugs that you saw, if there was any, you know, worms, any whatever that you, you know, any or organic fertilizers that you used or regular fertilizers that you used, you know, just kind of documenting some of that so that you can go back to see, you know, what kind of things worked and what kind of things didn't work. And uh, I think that would be very, very helpful from year to year to year, uh, being able to look back two, three, four years, right? The other thing is this. If you were in a situation, I think everybody should be gardening. Uh, if you are in a situation where you just don't have the room, I'm going to encourage you to go to uh, your your local home improvement store and just buy. You can buy uh, plants that already have uh, tomatoes in them, right? So uh, little baby cherry tomatoes or something like that along those lines. You know, you know a tomato plant probably needs about it needs a needs like a five gallon pot to grow in, but so they already sell them like that. So if you are in an apartment or you're in a townhome or, or you don't have any room, then just go by, just have one plant that you're able to uh, just to watch and to grow and, and to uh, be able to experience pulling off the fruit or the vegetable from it and, and eating it. Let me tell you, there's nothing like having that experience where you're able to go to a plant and pull off some, uh, some vegetables and then you know, be able to eat them right away. And so that's my recommendation for you. Hopefully, uh, you'll take me up on that uh, if you uh, haven't been gardening. So again, that's over at livinglifeinruralioa.com. Uh, start planning and prepping your garden for now for a successful garden this summer. Like always, uh, I link to all the articles in the show notes. There's links here in this article that you might want to visit. So uh, you can come check this one out. Always a lot of good stuff. All right, guys, that's it for episode 244. Thanks so much for taking the time to hang with me today. Don't forget that you can link up with me on social media. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I'd love to be able to connect with you. And don't forget to come over to the Facebook group and uh, join us there. All right, with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.